We're down here in South Florida. We have Armand Franklin, uh, shooting guard for the University of Virginia, here with the Locker Room Access Podcast. I'm Justin Anderson, your host, and my guest here, Armand. Armand, right away, I got to start. Steph Curry just won the finals MVP. He just won another championship. He's now at four championships. When you talk about the importance of the game, when you talk about the NBA game, you now have to mention Top Curry. Steph Curry, excuse me. You now have to mention Steph Curry as one of the greats. What are your what is your feelings? What are your opinions immediately on Steph Curry and what he's been able to accomplish? For a person who likes to shoot the three ball, like Steph Curry is like the perfect person to watch for me and my generation, just because he changed the game so much. Uh, just from shooting a three, honestly, nobody. I think he's the greatest shooter we've ever seen, and just seeing him and how emotional he got after that ring just shows you how hard it is, you know, to you know to win an NBA, and it was it was. Incredible to see, honestly. Was that motivation going into next season? Yeah, obviously. Um, you know, not making the tournament this year, just going back with you know vengeance and you know trying to win a championship. But you know, it's hard. It's hard work, but I'm ready to you know put in the work for it and you know come back even stronger this year. You've been putting in the work. Yeah. You got the opportunity to spend some time down here with me. I've been told I've told you multiple times. Yeah. It's almost like you now know exactly what my routine and yeah. my daily life is. Yeah. You got to meet my girl. You got to um, you know meet my my routine yeah. and sleeping habits and, and everything that comes with it. We got to play some Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> hey, you know how that went for you. Hey, it's all right. It's all right. We ain't going to talk about it. Wait till I get a PS5. It's over, <laughs> it's over with. <laughs> you, you, you're not afraid of work. No. That's one thing that I was, I was really, um, here we are on a Saturday, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing this podcast to kind of finish up your time here. And you got here last Sunday. Talk about your experience. Nah, it was great just to see how, you know, a professional moves, what his daily life is like, you know, what he does, um, you know, the amount of stuff y'all go through on a daily basis besides outside of basketball is important. And um, just being able to watch and, you know, grab little anecdotes and the nuances of the game, it's been an unbelievable week for me. I think one of the best weeks of training I've had in a while. It's important for for us to talk about a little bit why it even came to play. Mm -hmm. Some people that may be listening right now say, like, why is Armand even with Justin? Yeah. Like, are they friends? Do yeah. they know each other? We we know we knew we did not know each other no. at all till about September. Until about September, <laughs> September last yeah. year, I got the chance to come to UVA. Mm-hmm. I was on campus. Yeah. Um, I got to spend some time with you guys, not only in the gym mm-hmm. but at the apartments over in U Heights. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we had a good time. But at my, my expectation mm-hmm. of what the season was going to be, it kind of fell short, right? But when you get here. Not only am I worried about, okay, how do I host this person? I don't know who he is, but I talked to one of your coaches, one of our coaches in Charlottesville, and one of the things that came up um, when we right after the season, I said, how can I help? Is there any way that I can give back and help any of the guys out from Reese to um, yourself yeah. to Jaden? And it was something about your game that every time I turned, I turned on a UVA game, every shot that you took, I feel like it was going in. Mm-hmm. I feel like your ability to shoot the ball, it comes natural and effortless and easy to you. And so I felt like there was a part of me that could relate to you because you had a season that you probably weren't the most proud of. Talk about last season and 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 how you feel like maybe you may have fell short of expectations of who you were coming into our program last year. Yeah, I feel like I came in with a lot of, you know, expectations um, coming from Indiana where, you know, I played – really really well for stretches of times um I shot it well from three the entire year shot around 42 43 percent um so you know come with the expectations that you're you know a knockdown shooter and whatnot um and then you know when you get there you don't shoot it as well as you you think and as you feel like you should and you know your confidence it's a long season so your confidence is up and down at times and you're streaky and I think that's my that was my biggest thing just trying to you know find consistency this last year and I never could find it but um you know just been working on my game just to be more consistent you know and you can see that bro yeah. like I, I one one of the things that I was able to relate to with you mm-hmm. um was when you were like I said you would take shots that it looked like they were all going in yeah. And so for me as a person that shot 45% or 44%, whatever it was at one point in college, um, to put myself in a position uh, (laughs) to be successful, we got a nice little guest here with Bruno. Um, 
to put ourselves put, to put you in a position to you know be yeah. successful shooting the ball, I felt like it was in between the ears. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking to one of the coaches on staff, I felt like the biggest thing that you could do was to get away because it was only a confidence thing. I don't think it was a a, a, a timid thing with mm-hmm. you. I don't think it was a lack of skill. Mm-hmm. And now that you spent the time with me, it's not a lack of work ethic. Yeah. I think it was just an opportunity for you to to separate. Talk about what is it that maybe what could have affected your workouts. I know a little bit we talked yeah. about um, you know offline yeah. about how you didn't get a chance to work out last yeah. season. And a lot of people don't maybe don't know yeah. that, but that's important. <laughs> you have to be able to yeah. work out in the summer yeah. in order to have a successful season, but yeah. you were limited with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, coming into, you know, right after, right literally the day after I said I was coming to UVA, I found I had to have ankle surgery, which I didn't really tell anybody about. I mean, besides the people on staff and that knew about it just because I didn't want that, you know, to be an excuse or anything. But it kind of, you know, you miss out on that, that summer work before you go back to school, um, that's two months of work where you really get to hone in on your game, hone in on your skills, but I didn't really get that because I was busy um, rehabbing. And then when I get to Virginia, you're limited in some stuff, so you can't really get a feel or a groove or anything. But I never tried to you know, let that slow me down. I kept trying to put in the work that I could. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, just being injured, coming off an injury, trying to get your confidence back in your foot, and then getting your shot, and then you just heads in a million different places at one time. So um, you just try not to to let it affect you but um, ultimately it's, it's hard sometimes absolutely and how did you deal with it being hard I mean a lot of people have their coping mechanisms uh, for it being hard what were some of the things that you had to do um, to either lie to yourself trick yourself um, how did you how did you get yourself mentally in a position to at least get through the season uh, without re-aggravating any injuries or, or or taking a step back because once again you didn't have a, a terrible season it just wasn't up to par uh, for what we expected for you and I know going forward it's going to be a lot different um and i know you're looking forward to your senior campaign but we'll get to that later but what did you do to get through that because there's people who may be listening that may be going through some of these similar things due to injury um due to grades in high school there's always adversity that comes along with playing this game What, what did you do to cope with that i wasn't afraid to talk to people um did a lot of talking with my family uh they kept me uplifted in my inner circle my group um just being around them and having a conversation with them, they're going to keep it honest with me 100% of the time. So just being able to talk to them and they them being able to keep me level-headed at times where I felt like I was down. When I was up, you know, they kept me level-headed and not make sure I'm getting too ahead of myself. So just being able to talk to people and, you know, get their insight and things like that kind of, you know, kept me level-headed and at, at ease during the whole situation, even though it wasn't always easy. You talk about family. Mm-hmm. It's been about... Six days you've been with me, and every day of those six days, you've been on FaceTime with either a brother, a mom, grandma. You're a big family person. Huge family person. I got a big family, too, so I got people to talk to at all times, so I got a big family. But it's always been family with me. My mom instilled that with me since I was younger, that always take care of your family and always have your families back and we can lean on each other for anything no better no matter how big or small so uh, just being having that family in your life is very important to me product of houston houston texas h-town stand up mm-hmm. well, what does houston mean to you houston is honestly where i started you know to play basketball that was the first place i got into sports and and, you know, I had a lot of family there. I remember when I was younger, I used to watch my aunt's game. She used to play for the Houston Comets. So being able to watch her play at that age, it kind of, kind of, it's where I kind of got the ball rolling with basketball and sports in general, to be honest. Did you watch a lot of her games? I watched every, we used to go to every game we could um, when she played for the Comets. And I used to be in the stands in my mom's lap, not crying or nothing, just sitting there watching them, following them up and down the court at a year old not doing anything unless you know I was scared of the con- the the mascot they had every time she used to come around I used to be crying and everything but besides that I was sitting there watching the game who was the mascot it was called Haley's Comet it was like this big mascot with silver dreads and it would just look <laughs> it just looked terrible and it scared the death out of me so I wasn't really rocking <laughs> well you talk about your aunt yeah. and I know how much of a role she pl- has played in your mm-hmm. career um but everyone listening may not know mm-hmm. um talk about her a little bit yeah uh my uh, she's Coquise Washington she just actually just got the job at Rutgers um 
she's the head coach at Rutgers now, so that's pretty big because um, she's only like the third head coach in school program history, so that's pretty big for us. But she played um, for Notre Dame and then uh, played in the WNBA for the Comets, the Liberty, and the Indiana Fever. She actually won a ring with the Comets, I believe, and uh, she played with former uh, UVA coach uh, Tina Thompson. Um, so uh, she played a big part of my life um, when it comes to basketball and other things besides that. But she she really helped a lot to uh, help me with my skills and home my game. And I spent a lot of summers with her when she was at wherever she was at coaching. And she's, you know, working me out. And, you know, she's always going to keep it honest with me as well. So I got a big sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Rish, <laughs> her nickname, Yurisha. Yeah. Um, and she was growing up. When growing up, she was the firstborn. She was the one that really, <clears throat> growing up, she was the firstborn. She yeah. was the one that really kind of started this whole basketball thing in our family. Yeah. So the Lisa Leslie's, the Cheryl Swoops, the Cynthia mm-hmm. Coopers, the Tina Thompson, shout out Tina, who yeah. was with us at UVA. Um, she was the one that really put me on on, on the WNBA game. Yeah. Uh, the Becky Hammonds, mm-hmm. the, um, the Jenny Busek, who was a UVA legend. She's mm-hmm. now coaching with the Indiana uh, uh, Pacers. Mm-hmm. We live in an era now where it, it's it, women's basketball is turning the corner. Yeah. But women's basketball has been legit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people talk about how if they could dunk, it'll be more entertaining. And a lot of people talk about how, you know, there may be the lack of money traveling yeah. commercially. We live in this era where we're trying to figure it out with them and we're trying to figure out how can we put more money, how can we put more time, energy, mm-hmm. and effort into the women's games. We have the likes of uh, Sabrina Ionescu mm-hmm. and um, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, who was a dog. Yeah. She's cold. Sure. Um, and, and, and we, you know, we're seeing Diana Taurasi at the end of her, at the end of her career, mm-hmm. Sue Birds. I mean, the list goes on of yeah. the legends and then the up and coming legends. Um, Meg yeah. Walker. I mean, the, the the list goes on. A lot yeah. of girls are putting on right now for the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Talk about the state of the WNBA. Talk about what what as athletes and you guys being a little bit younger than me. Yeah. What are you guys doing to kind of change that narrative a lot and help them out? Because it seems like it's, mm-hmm. it's starting to, to gel and mold a little bit closer now. Yeah, I've always been around women's basketball. My mom worked with another name's women's basketball team. My aunt coached it. She coached at Penn State. So I've always been around women's basketball that's really where I started watching if we're being honest um so I I enjoy watching it like I don't have a problem some people might have a problem watching it they say they're not as athletic but I enjoy watching it I go to a lot of the UVA women's games so I think me and my teammates we do a lot of that stuff together watch the women's games and things like that so I enjoy getting to know like getting to know the game just being able to watch good basketball honestly it's basketball is a game so I you <clears throat> you speak really effortlessly about yeah. it, right? It doesn't seem as though you, you're trying to come across a certain way. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like you're trying to say the right thing. It seems mm-hmm. like for you, it's just basketball. Mm-hmm. Where did this passion of basketball come from for you? When did you start to realize um, this is a game that I not only want to play out back with my friends and yeah. things like that, and we can get into that, but when did that? Pa- when did you feel it click? I was, I was around when I first started playing like my brothers were playing in this league while we were in Houston and um, they had the big kids on one side and the little smaller kids on this side so when my brothers are playing on this side I'm sitting there with my mom watching the little kids play I'm four at the time they're six and seven and I'm like begging my mom to go out there and like try to play because I, I wanted to play it looked fun he was trying to so hoop. I was trying to hoop and my mom kind of went over there because she got tired of me asking. She was like, hey, can you, like, let him try out? And, like, gave him a little wink. Like, because I'm four, they six and seven. And she don't think. So she was like, the coach was like, yeah, you can go out there and let him try out. And I was doing everything they doing and doing a little bit better. So she was. the coach came back and he was like, yeah, uh, so uh, when can he start? Like, <laughs> my mom was like are, you, like, are you serious? Like, it was supposed to be, like, like a joke. They were supposed to dominate him type thing. So that's kind of when I – that's kind of when I started, you know. So you started boogieing against older kids. Yeah, it's always been like that because my brothers are nine and ten years older than me, so I've always, always been around, you know, older kids playing against older kids, trying to compete with them. What was that like growing up with them? I know they beat mm. up on you a lot. Both of them are older than you. It was rough. Uh, <laughs> it was rough just because <laughs> they're nine and ten years old. I always wanted to be with my brothers. By the time I'm eight, nine, they out the house and in college. So uh, anytime. Um, Anytime I wanted to hang out with them, it was, no, you're not old enough. You know, they're doing 18, 19-year-old stuff that I can't do. They're going out hanging out with their friends. And, 
the occasional times where they used to go play outside on the courts, I used to be able to go with them and play on their team, and they would have, you know, some of the <laughs> the biggest people guard me just because. I remember going out and playing football with my older brother, and he he allowed somebody to really, like, light me up and hit me <laughs> for real. And I was like, I was looking at him like, yeah, Yo, you're not going to do nothing. He's like, you chose me out here. You right. grown man, you out here. So, um, Shout out Big Bro. Shout out Big Brother D. He let that happen. I still never forgive him for that, but <laughs> it's all right. A lot yeah. of people may talk about toughness. Yeah. And uh, when I was in college, um, being around you a lot makes me remember my college days. Mm-hmm. Jay, Billis, Jay Billis came out with a book that talked about what toughness really was. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people think that toughness is using your words. Mm-hmm. But toughness is something that's instilled. Toughness is something that, um, you know, is being able to be resilient. It's being able to bounce back. It's being able to be strong and raise above. You're a very quiet person. Mm-hmm. You're a very quiet personality. Yeah. The first couple of days that you were here, <laughs> if you noticed, you may not have even noticed. We yeah. listened to a lot of music and yeah. it was very loud. Yeah. And the last couple of days that you've been here, no when we're in the car, we just don't really it. listen yeah. to music. We just chop it up. Yeah. It takes you some time to warm up. Mm-hmm. But it can come across as he's not as tough as you know someone who maybe is more vocal and more yeah. boisterous. Your brothers instilled that. Your mother instilled that. Yeah. We're... we're what were some of the techniques that they used to kind of create that toughness to give you the advantage that you've been able to have to play at the highest level in the Division One, yeah. you know, ACC at yeah. that? Uh, I think with my brothers, it was I was basically a test dummy for everything. <laughs> Anything they didn't want to do, they had I, you do. They it. had me do it. Like they wanted to see what it was like. So, I mean, it was <laughs> it was crazy. But at the same time, I wanted to be around my brother so bad that I was. I was going to do it. I wanted to hang out with my brothers. My older brothers, they was my best friends. They still my best friends at the time. So being around them at a young age and them being so much older than me, that that, that really instilled that toughness in me. Like I may not always be the, like, the most vocal person on the court, but you're not going to push me around. You're not going to punk me because I've been, I've been through it. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but with that I've being said, it. on the other side of the fence, yeah. you're a mama's boy. Yeah. You love your mama. I do love my mom. And your mama love you. Yes. <laughs> What is that relationship like? Talk about moms a little bit. That's that's big dog. That's that's best friend for real. Um, between me and my brothers, we can talk to her about anything. And then I think once I reach a certain age, it was just like we were all just I don't know. We all just kind of meshed together at a at a real good time in our lives where we were just always together, always talking, always laughing. I could call all three of them right now on a group Facetime. We'll just sit here for an hour and oh, just, I seen it and just talk about each other. Just just laugh. Just do it and like just talk about each other and just chop it up and it's great to have that relationship with your mom and your family like it's it's nothing else like it let's go back to when you were in houston mm-hmm. moms is working single parent mm-hmm. raising three boys and you had these dreams and aspirations of playing basketball yeah was the nba on your mind no not really i just wanted to play <laughs> No matter what it was, I was just wanted to play, play with my brothers, play with my brother's friends, just be able to hoop and just having fun. With it. Yeah, I didn't really think about the NBA until, until I got to, until I moved to Indianapolis, and I was like, all right, this is what I really want to do. Um, and then that's when it kind of like everybody started told everybody about it, and they was like, all right, that's what you want to do, let's do it. So you went to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Kyle Guy, <laughs> Kyle. You know we rocking with you, dog. <laughs> we love what you've been able to do this year. Um, you know, and all the other UVA brotherhood. But right mm-hmm. now we're giving Kyle his love because he's a fellow Indianapolis native. Yeah. Kyle was right up the street at Lawrence Central, right? Yep, down, literally down the street, down the street from my high school. Probably, you said across the street at like one point. Down the street, across the street, literally a, a minute drive. <laughs> but you guys only got to play them maybe twice during your career, but Kyle's a little bit older than you. Yeah, so when I was a freshman, he was a senior. Or, yeah, he was a senior. Um yeah, I didn't play my freshman year on varsity, but I remember watching that game. Um, it was he was he was killing. Yeah. <laughs> he was tough. He was Kyle was that tough. guy was in that Indianapolis. Guy. He was that guy. Mr. Basketball. Kyle, we know what's up, man. <laughs> For our listeners, you guys know who he is. <laughs> National champion. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> nah, yeah, he was real tough. He was real tough. Freshman year. Mm-hmm. Thought you were gonna play varsity. I did. Didn't happen. <laughs> they, put, they they treated you like Jordan, huh? JV. JV, you went tore it up. Yeah, I was. I looking back on it, it was probably the best because I had you know two high level Division One guys in front of me, um, and 
my coach really didn't want to, you know, waste my time by sitting on the bench, like, getting two, three minutes. So why not go on JV, work on your game, work on your skill level, get buckets. So that happened. I, looking back on it, it was probably the best thing for me, honestly. But, you know, I got the dress varsity halfway through the year. I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. But then again, I, I wanted to play. Why was it the best thing for you? Uh, Just be able to, you know, kind of be the man on that team mm-hmm. and learn how to, you know, be the man for setting up for the future when I, you know, start to really get my junior, senior year where I'm the man and mm-hmm. kind of that JV year where you're the man on JV, it kind of helps you out, honestly. Sophomore year. Sophomore year. Tragedy happens. Mm-hmm. Tough things happen Tough in things your life happen. personally, yeah. your family. Yeah. It changed you a little bit. Yeah. Speak on it. Um, you know, my father figured my uncle passes away and it kind of hit me hard because he was, he was kind of one of the only father figures I really had that, you know, used to, used to call me, used to talk a lot. Um, so, uh, when he passed away, it kind of hit hard and my mom moved me to another school. I was going to say, you decided that you wanted to transfer to change up the scene, right? Change up the scene, went to another school, went to a public school in Fishers. Um, just so, you know... I wouldn't slip academically because the school I was at was a high academic school, so um, private Catholic school. So went to Fishers for a year, first year in public school, first year in public school for real, um, public high school. Um, it was this your first time in public high school? Yeah, because you started off private. Private, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it talk was about the differences. Big difference. The school was a lot bigger. There was a lot more kids, and I wasn't used to. It. I always went to schools where it was smaller. Smaller classrooms, smaller everything. So, so for those who don't know, I actually went to a private school. Yeah. So, me and Armand actually relate to this. Yeah. Um, I went to public school my entire life, and uh, one day my dad told me, he said, "Do you want to go to Cortland High School in Fredericksburg, Virginia, or do you want to go to Montrose Christian in Maryland?" And uh, I said, "Man, I want to break all my brother's records. I want to stay home. I got friends here, best friends here." And my dad was like, "All right, cool. We're going to Montrose." <laughs> And so I pull up to this school and everybody's wearing a uniform. Yeah. I do a day where it's like a shadow day and, mm-hmm. you know, it it was different. Yeah. Smaller classes. The hallways are a lot more smaller and more, uh, how should I say this, more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can hear all of the conversations yeah. going on, the chitter chatter. But high school is not, public high school is not like that at not all. Like that at all. It's so many kids in the hallways when you walk in the class. It's like, I was... Was that a culture? Shook. Was yeah. that a culture shock? Yeah, definitely culture shock. So dealing with everything that you had going on, mm-hmm. you know, you put yourself in a position now where you're in a completely different world. Yeah, did it almost distract you a little bit? I wouldn't say it distracted me because I was already a lot distracted with everything else going on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was in it. I was there, kind of. I want to say went through the motions of it, but went through the motions. But um, it. it it kind of helped me for the better, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. A lot of struggle and adversity during that time. So, um, you know, came out stronger, I guess. From Talk it. about that first outfit. Because I know <laughs> I know when you go from private school to public school, you used to wear a uniform every single day. And then your first day of public school, you got to come with the freshest. Because everybody's had their outfit, yeah. their first day outfit picked out for a yeah. month already. Yeah, so this is around 2016 where jean shorts was cool. I had these these dyed <laughs> bleached jean shorts with the holes in them, and Oof. I had a white shirt and some Harachis and some, Oof. yeah, some basketball shoes, some basketball shoes. <laughs> I'll never forget myself walking out the house that day, <laughs> thinking I was doing something. Talk about that sophomore year season. Oh, basketball! It was a struggle just because. Public school was so political in my eyes. Um, you got certain people whose parents pay a lot of money for their kids to, to they donate to the program, so you kind of got to play them and put them on the team and things like that. But um, yeah, I was out of position. I was only like six two at the time, so I was I was playing the four at six two. I was out of position, and it was just a weird year for basketball. I and mean, was honestly, I wasn't even. At this point, I wasn't even thinking about, like, you going to play college basketball. I was like, all right, bro, you better get your grades together. You're going straight for school. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that was a real different year for me compared to all my other years of high school. And just not my favorite year, but it definitely helped me out in the long run. 
was a part of the process. Part of the process. Then there was a part of you at the end of that season where you recognized that this is just not for me. Mm -hmm. You had to make a return home. So you ended up going back to your original high school. Went back to my original private school. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was... That was great. It was an, it was a new coach. I had a new coach. He wanted me to come back. For, forget basketball yeah. for a second. Oh yeah. Your personality just for spending time with you. Your personality is infectious. It's people mm-hmm. that want to be around you because you seem like the guy that you're quiet, yeah. but you laugh a lot. You yeah. laugh at a lot of things. Um, you don't really ruffle the feathers. Yeah. I, I'm a ruffle the feathers kind of person, <laughs> right? I'm going to yeah. be in the middle of the school at high school drama a little bit. Yeah. But you don't seem like that. What was that welcome back like? It was a little hectic at first. Like I'm telling all my friends, my first like from freshman year, I'm coming back. It's like quit, quit lying. Like right. you lying. Like nah, I'm actually coming. All right, let's see you on the first day of school when I'm back. It was just like saying what's up to everybody. It's like I never left. Mm. It's really like I never left because I and then made some new friends that are probably like my lifelong friends now today. That um, you know, it was just. A great welcome back, honestly. I enjoyed, you know, coming back and being able to showcase how much better I've gotten at the game of basketball as well, too. So that helped, too. So it almost felt like you returned home. Yeah. That season, basketball, mm-hmm. let's chop it up about it because it seems like, you know, from your numbers perspective, you turned mm-hmm. the corner. I think you were averaging 24 your junior year? Junior year, I was averaging 22. 22. Around 22, yeah. Your junior year of high school. Yeah. And that's when your life started to change a little bit because not only did you come back to your your own mm-hmm. school where you felt comfortable, but now you're putting the whole Indiana mm-hmm. on notice, the basketball state. Yeah, you're putting the whole Indiana on notice. Of I'm who glad you, you are. said it's the basketball state. I hope you believe it too. I, I don't I believe it. That's what you guys say, but I don't believe it. I'm from the DMV. I think we got the best basketball in the world. No, no. we could debate that we at can some point. Debate that, but. I know you guys consider yourselves the basketball state. French Lake and Larry Bird. <laughs> I think it really kind of stops after Kyle Guy. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to go down that debate right now. Um, but the basketball state, you now averaging 22 points per game. Yeah. You're a junior. You get your first offer from IUPUI? I got that at the end of my sophomore year. Okay. I went through like a stretch of games, like a three or four game stretch where I was in the 20s and one game I had a third, my first 30 piece in high school. So that's when it started to like click like, all right, you might be able to do something and I'm going back to my old school. What was that 30 piece like? What was that 30 piece McNugget like? Because Hoopers, Hoopers know <laughs> if you if you get to 28 and there's minutes left on the clock, fourth go quarter, you got to go, go get 30. that 30. Did you win? It was sectionals. <laughs> sectionals had 33 and a loss to our rival. How did that feel? It sucked. But at the same time, it was great because it put people on notice. So I'm all about, you know, winning. And this was team. a sophomore. Yeah. So they're like, yo, this sophomore about to come back. He, he might. Crazy. Yeah, he might. And then that, that summer at AU is where I kind of was kind of hooping. I, this is my first time on like a circuit, an armor circuit. And I was. You were playing for uh, George Hill's team? George Hill's team, his Under Armour team. And I was I was doing my thing a little bit. Started getting some smaller looks, nothing crazy yet. But the, the real big looks didn't come to around December of my junior year. That's when I started getting like the my what I thought were big offers at the time. Yeah. yeah. So when I, when I came on the AAU circuit, mm-hmm. I played for Boo Williams. Yeah. And when... Growing up, we always heard about Boo Williams teams, mm-hmm. Boo Williams Summer League, BWSL. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Coach Boo and everybody on his staff. He's been running a great organization uh, since time. And when I finally got the chance to meet Coach Boo, I was like, dang, Coach Boo is tall, but I was imagining somebody different, an mm-hmm. NBA player that yeah. got a lot of buckets. Mm-hmm. You know, Virginia legend, Virginia legend, Allen Iverson. Joe mm-hmm. Smith, Alonzo Mourning, J.J. Reddick, Dorian Finney-Smith, mm-hmm. James Michael McAdoo, Kendall Marshall, Travis yeah. McKay, Justin Anderson. You're oh, wait. You trying to say y'all the hoop state for I hear what you know. Man. We got guys. <laughs> so do we. But we don't play for NBA players, yeah. AAU organization. Yeah. Was there some sort of nerves? Were there some sort of in all moment? Because, like, where you want to be, yeah. this guy's like hand selecting you to be on his team, yeah. essentially. Uh, no, I met I met George Hill when I was like 
10 or 11, me and one of my best friends kind of like played him in one-on-one. It was, I was kind of starstruck in the moment, but once I got older, uh, I didn't, you know, stick with that team for, until I got back to my, into my sophomore year, going to my junior year. Uh, it was kind of like, you know, whatever, like, yeah, he's picking me, all right, but you still got to do something. Right. <laughs> you still got to hoop, so, he, you know, he's not picking you for no reason. He picked you because, you know, you feel like you can, you can play. Right. So just being able to, you know, show and prove to myself what he thinks about me, that was the biggest thing. That's huge. Yeah. So now we're at junior year. You come off the AAU circuit. You have a great AAU circuit. Um, you're averaging 22. Mm-hmm. You know at this point, this is usually when college guys start to say, okay, I want to make a decision mm-hmm. where I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Talk about that recruitment process. Was there anything <clears throat> crazy going on? Was there a dream school? Was there a letdown? Was there – talk about that. Because I know junior <laughs> years when I committed to Maryland, actually, yeah. the University of Maryland, yeah. my head coach at the time, Gary Williams, gives me a call. And I do a whole press conference. I yeah. do media. You know, it's on YouTube to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives me a call shortly after, months later. And he says, it was an honor to recruit you. Um, you know, a lot of people said that I can't recruit and dominate the DMV area mm-hmm. with recruiting. I'm always getting guys from all over. And so for you to trust me um, to be your head coach and try to get you to where I know you're going to end up, mm-hmm. it means a lot. And I felt, and he felt like at the time I'm speaking as if yeah. I'm Gary Williams, um, it, he, he wanted to make sure that he reached out and gave me a phone call to right. tell me that he was going to be retiring and pursuing his media career, ironically enough, yeah. <laughs> now, um, pursuing his media career in the Big Ten Network, yeah. right? And the conference that you ended up playing, and mm-hmm. we'll get to that later. Um, and so for me, it just shook up my whole world because mm-hmm. it was like, wow. And uh, I'll slip this in because both of our guys are Jay Willie at, yeah. at UVA. Yeah. Jay Willie was at American University, mm-hmm. um, you know, my during my time at Montrose yeah. Christian. And uh, I used to always joke with them, like, man, I'm not coming to American. Are you kidding me? Like, who do y'all play? The school of the blind? Like, I, I, was, I would go at him. Yeah. And we created this relationship that's been unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, it will continue to be unbreakable. I look at him as, honestly, an uncle. It's not a brother. Mm-hmm. It's not a father. It's right there in between where somebody that you really trust with the nitty-gritties of life. Yeah. What was that recruitment process like for you? in Indiana as you continue to start to emerge yeah. as one of the, the, the better players in, in, the, in the state? Uh, I, I didn't think it was too crazy. I mean, you're getting a lot of attention, which for me at that time, I didn't really didn't really care about. I just wanted to play. So um, it was it was it was kind of easy because I had my aunt in my corner and she was along every single important call mm-hmm. with every coach and she took visits with me, so she kind of was able to see through, you know, she some of the, the bullshit. yeah, some trees, some of the BS that's going on, and that's what made it a lot easier for me picking, you know, schools from like my top three. What um, was your top three? Can you remember? It was Indiana, Purdue, and Xavier, mm-hmm. and then I had Clemson, not too far back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of easy, and then once it got down to top three, and then kind of really got down to a top two between Indiana and Purdue, that's when she left it up to me mm-hmm. to, you know, make that decision. She's like, I got to help you, you know, come down with these final two. I'll save my pieces for each school, and you can do what you want present from there. So There's got to be a part of you that feels really good, but then there's also got to be a part of you that feels, like, really nervous. It's yeah. like, man, we didn't got all the way here to the yeah. finish line. You going to make me choose between these two? <laughs> the t- that was... <laughs> Indiana Purdue, I had my best friend at the time, who is still my best friend, who was committed to Purdue already. And then I had another good friend of mine who was eventually my roommate in Indiana, who was, we were both looking to go in there. So um, it was tough. That was a tough decision. Were one of those two schools your dream school? Is that where you, one of those two schools where you wanted to go? Um, Indiana at one point was one of them, but I really, 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 like if they would have offered me. Three really? Yeah, if they would have offered me. I was committing on spot. I was probably to Michigan. Michigan? Yeah. You got some history in Michigan. Yeah, I was born there. My mom graduated from Michigan. So, yeah. (laughs) Michigan, you fumbled the bag. (laughs) You fumbled the bag. He was going to commit on the spot. spot. On the spot. I bet if my man Juwan Howard was there, (laughs) he would have made sure that you got the offer that you deserved. (laughs) 
But you get down to Purdue and Indiana, yeah. two great schools. Mm-hmm. Before you tell us why you ended up choosing Indiana, you got yeah. a buddy yeah. who's actually going through the draft process this year, mm-hmm. um, this season, yeah. Jaden Ivey. Yeah. And you've kind of watched him develop and grow over the course of his time. Yeah. And you guys, it sounds like from you know hearing about your aunt, yeah. hearing about his mom at Notre mm-hmm. Dame, you guys kind of have like a similar story. Talk a little bit about Jaden. Yeah, Jaden, um, I've known him for a while. My brother used to babysit us together. My aunt coached his mom, and I believe they were teammates at one point. I'm not 100% sure on that, but they were both part of the Fever organization. Um, so me and Jaden have been around each other since we were youngins. Did you know he was going to be this type of dog? No. No idea. I remember Jaden is <laughs> – I remember we were playing outside and he got a little splinter and he was crying so hard and I was like, bro, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like it's just a little, a little splinter, it's a splinter. Like what are you doing? Like, but I remember one summer I saw him. We were working out together and I saw him getting more and more athletic and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> and then I saw him go to Lalamere and he was hooping there and I was like, okay. And then we played against him, um, IU Purdue. And he did good that game, and he played, played twice that year. And then the second game, I didn't get to play because I was hurt. But he was hooping, and I was like, yeah, he's he's going to be a problem that next year. That was his freshman year. And then this year, he just took off. That's incredible because to be able to have examples of guys that as you're growing up, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to be able to have guys that you see kind of hit the draft before you, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. I remember this story. I remember, yeah. like, that used to be so back in the day. <laughs> Right, and now they're on billboards. Yeah. There's a part. There's a part of that that makes you feel like my time is coming, mm-hmm. right? And do you kind of get that as you continue to grow yeah. your game, and as you continue to grow uh, right now in the college level? Yeah, it's it's never been you know easy for me doing anything, especially basketball wise. I've had to do a lot of work and put a lot of work in. So, you know, I'm not really tripping over you know guys that I know going in the draft before me because I know it's. It's not my process. Right. Like, nothing comes easy to me. I'm not, you know, I'm not the greatest athlete. I'm not, you know, so um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't phase me that much that guys I know come in and for me. But at the same time, it, you know, makes me, you know, even more hungry to get there. Serves as motivation. Yeah. So you choose Indiana. Archie Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the brother of Sean Miller. Yep. Uh, what was that process like, stepping on Indiana's campus? Uh, it was a lot of, you know, expectation. They just came, well, me and my roommate were, he was he won Mr. Basketball and I was right behind him in that. So uh, it was a lot of expectations coming from us. Um, you Well, hold we're not going to let that slide. You say he won, your roommate won Mr. Basketball. Yeah. And you were right behind him. Yeah. So you you were the runner-up for Mr. Basketball? So, yeah. And who was that? Trey Jackson Davis. Okay. Yeah. You ain't want to say his name out loud. That's my dog, you know. Shout out Trace, love him to death, cat for life, bro. We good. <laughs> but there's a part of you that wanted that Mr. Basketball for sure. Of course, as a competitor, you wanna, you know, you wanna win Mr. Basketball. But some things don't go your way. It rolled his way yeah, that time. It rolled his way. So you get there, you and Trace, roommates. Yeah. You guys come in together. Um, I know we talked a little bit about how mm-hmm. at UVA everybody kind of hung out together for the most part. Yeah. Indiana. Were you guys just close? What was that brotherhood like? I mean, we were close, but it was like more in terms of class. Like freshmen was with freshmen. Sometimes a sophomore would come hang with the freshmen, but it wasn't like he was sophomore, sophomore, junior, junior, senior, senior. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was all right. I didn't mind it just because you know everybody was at least somebody was everybody was with somebody, mm-hmm. and nobody was you know alone straggling on their own. But kind of wish you know we could have did more together as a whole. Unit Freshman year You wanted to play bad I did play Mm -hmm. My first nine games I started the first nine games My freshman year True freshman True freshman year Yeah Started the first nine And then some people Come back from injury And then Coming off the bench And then I'm still playing But I'm coming off the bench And then You know As the season gets older Longer You know Minutes get cut And cut (laughs) and cut But I played in every game Thankful for that. Not every freshman can say they, you know, Absolutely. they played in every single game. So, um, but it was rough going from playing every minute in high school to not, you know, some games only playing two, three minutes. Mm. 
it was hard, you know. So you saw that adversity right away. Yeah. What they talk about about college basketball to all of the kids out there who mm-hmm. have dreams and aspirations of going to play in college basketball, they tell you everything they need to tell you to get on campus. But once you get on campus, you gotta work. <laughs> you gotta earn it. You gotta earn everything. It was crazy because I, even on the court, I was facing adversity. Like so, we had our first little scrimmage against Marquette. Both our point guards go down, and I'm running the point. Mm-hmm. Never played point guard in my life. I could tell. <laughs> Never played point guard in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but if you let him shoot that thing, he will knock it down. We're working on that. We're working on that. Um, but yeah, so I'm played point for like the first my first three college games. Had eight assists, no turnovers. My Ooh, first college tough. game. <laughs> yeah. All right, That's I tough. thought I was doing something. Yeah, then, that make you feel good. Yeah, and then we played I forgot who we played and I was just like yeah I don't know about this point guard stuff right now it's like me huh <laughs> yeah it's like me I gotta remember every single every single play know where everybody's supposed to be at right every position yeah and then guys gotta actually listen to you but it's hard cause you're a freshman so you feel like they're not gonna listen to you so right. it's, it's kinda tough but so you get through that freshman year mm-hmm. right sophomore year comes there's some expectation for yourself coach Archie's kinda mm-hmm. trusting you a little bit um and what was that season like? Sophomore year before. Because a lot of people, honestly, yeah. listening, it's not a lot of IU fans. We might yeah. get a couple of hands there, and we're appreciative of you. But yeah. a lot of people are wondering, how the hell did we get this good, this kid, Armand, yeah. at Virginia? No, I Talk en- about that sophomore year. I enjoyed my time at, you know, Indiana. It was great. The atmosphere was great. The people, you know. But, you know, when you're not having a year Indiana fans are expecting, it gets kind of tough. It gets hectic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my sophomore year, it was, it was probably one of my favorite years of basketball just because I played well. Mm-hmm. Um, played really well during stretches. Um, it was a point in the season, like the first five games, you know, it kind of started off slow. But after that, I was it was a stretch where I was averaging about like 18 and shooting like 60% from the three. And during that little five-game stretch, and then I get hurt. <laughs> um, roll my ankle, miss a couple games, and then try to come back. Um, still playing all right, and then I keep just keep just tweaking it. Um, and then around the end of my that year, I got hurt again on the other ankle, and then honestly, I just shut it down for about five, six games. Um, and then ended up having to have surgery. That's where the surgery comes in play. Um, so yeah, it when was you, struggle. When you when you when you go down, and I remember the play mm-hmm. um, transition. I think it's a left to right push cross, mm-hmm. and you go down and you realize, like, ow, yeah. this hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like for real this time. Yeah. What was the first thing that was on your mind? It was like no way, no way I'm playing basketball like this, and then <laughs> like. Literally shooting the cover off the ball. 60%? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think shooting the cover off the ball and then you go down and get hurt and it's like, no way. Mm. Like, I'm playing the best basketball. Like More adversity. <laughs> more, right. Yeah, no more way. adversity. Playing the best basketball in my life right now and, and kind of get slowed down then trying to come back from that and then just keep re-aggravating it. It's tough, but we made a way through it. So you set out. Mm-hmm. Couldn't finish the season. I actually tried to come back. The I came back and played the very last game in the in the Big Ten tournament. Why? Because a lot of people may say just yeah. sit out the whole rest of the season, just yeah. let it go. Yeah, why we why we did you play? Because I like playing. <laughs> I like playing basketball. I love playing basketball. That um, says a lot because yeah. you'd be surprised. A lot of guys would just shut it down because yeah. they're scared of what's going to come from it. We we really didn't know, um, but it was a lot of rehab, and I felt good enough that day. To where I was like, all right, I can, I can go. End up playing around thirty-five minutes that mm-hmm. game. <laughs> uh, I hadn't played in about four games and come in and play thirty-five, but I didn't play well. But it was still just it felt good to be back out there. But little did I know I had ass surgery. So it wasn't Woj, yeah. but ESPN was breaking news: yeah. Archie Miller was being mm-hmm. fired mm-hmm. from Indiana. Indiana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> where'd you Where'd you first find out? Was it a tweet? Did something pop up on your phone? Did he call you? We had a team meeting, like, scheduled in, like, 20 minutes before a team meeting. It, like, dropped on ESPN um, that he was getting, you know, let go. 
And then we had the team call after that, which was probably, it was kind of useless because we all knew at that time. So it was whatever. Were you frustrated? Were you were you confused? Were you? I mean, there was there was murmurs about it. There was rumors like this cop this could possibly be his last year here. Um, but you know, I was prepared. Not saying prepared, but you know, you think about it. You mm-hmm. you play it out in your head a little bit. Um, so I was kind of kind of already knew what I wanted to do. So it sounds like as much as it sucked. Yeah. Your coach got fired. You didn't know what was gonna happen next, so you mm. kind of had to put your name in the transfer portal. Yeah, whatever, whatever coach was gonna be my next coach, I was gonna start building that relationship right away. Whether it was whoever was gonna be the next coach in Indiana, I wanted to start building something right away. So it ends up being Coach Mike Woodson, mm-hmm. and you're in a dilemma because your name is now in the transfer portal. And the transfer portal back when I was in college, yeah. I thought about transferring at one point when mm-hmm. I was at UVA. I had to come off the bench behind a guy for seniority purposes. Mm-hmm. I thought I was much better than every day in practice. I made sure the entire gym knew that I was much better than. Mm-hmm. And I still wasn't able to put myself in a position to move into the starting lineup or take his minutes. Mm-hmm. Patience was definitely something that had to be learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn that uh, my sophomore year of college, and I'm able to execute and use that now as a professional, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's my choices to go to the G League to play, uh, my choices whether to be the 15th man on the bench or come to work and work very hard and professionally every mm-hmm. day to put myself in a position for the following years. I think that patience was taught my sophomore year. It was very tough for me. Mm-hmm. You're now in a position where um, you're trying to figure out, all right, new coach, yeah. right? Um, there's opportunities out there to go to other schools, Who'd you start hearing from? I heard about from 30 schools, 30, 35 schools. Um, That's a lot, by the way. A lot lot of schools. When kids are coming into college, for everyone listening, (laughs) they maybe have a top 10, top 5, top 15, maybe top 20. But to hear from 30 schools (laughs) is very impressive. But it makes sense. Yeah. um, You mean you shoot 42, so everybody wants, you know. You need to grab a shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I didn't let it get out of hand just because, you know, my aunt, she was right there with me again. Right away. Right there with me again. Listen, she was, listen, I'm not going to talk to 30 schools. Mm-hmm. Not this <laughs> I time. Will, I will talk to five. Right. So you figure out what five you want me to talk to, and I'll give it a listen. So it was Indiana, Illinois, Louisville, Georgia, and Virginia. Mm-hmm. Those were my final five schools that I was picking from. Mm-hmm. And it was hard because you don't, have the opportunity to go visit a campus because right. it's during COVID too. Ooh. So <laughs> this is during COVID too. So you don't get that opportunity to visit campus. So you kind of got to listen to what coaches are saying and whoever you feel more comfortable with. I never realized I would get the chance to talk to an athlete yeah. who was dealing with COVID at the most important time of their career. Like in the NBA, it's like, okay, we're going to still pay you guys. You're under, under contract. Yeah. You're still getting your money. We're going to try to figure out this NBA bubble situation. Mm-hmm. I remember I was able to go to the NBA bubble and play with the Brooklyn Nets. But I got COVID right before. Mm-hmm. I was out for like 29 days. They were like, look, like if you can't test positive, then we can't sign you. We're going to look to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like I remember uh, the COVID time mm-hmm. being under pressure, but not – for college yeah. and you ended up playing in college, college during this COVID. COVID time I mean even at Indiana Virginia yeah. like what the heck dude what was that like like what like like seriously what was it like being a college athlete a collegiate athlete in the middle of COVID it was it was hard but easy at the same time I mean you're not all your classes is online so you're really not leaving the house to go to class that's nice that's a plus if you like online class, I was kind of in between for me. I like, I kind of like going, but it was I got tired of sitting in the house a little bit sometimes. But um, basketball wise, no fans. It was all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the crowd noise going. You had the family family section in there. It wasn't dead quiet. It seems like COVID was kind of right <clears> up <throat> your alley because you just want to be where yeah. a video game system is. Yeah. You can get in the gym. Yeah. You can just be on FaceTime with your family. Yeah. It seems like the way that you're responding, it was kind of like cool for you. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm chill. I'm laid back. I'm mm-hmm. not crazy about nothing. So I was just, you know. I would have went nuts. 
Like legit. If I wanted to do something, I was driving home. I was just forty five minutes from home. Mm. Go see my mom. Go see my brother. Get get some get a home cooked meal. And that's when you were in, obviously yeah, in Indiana. Indiana. So if I wanted to do something, I was driving home. It wasn't wasn't too bad. Coach Bennett. Mm-hmm. Did he take you to the room to the to the to the man cave upstairs? Was it? Oh, obviously it was he, a he Zoom call. Even, it was a Zoom call. <laughs> was what what Zoom did you call, call it before? Uh, Something Zoom. What, what was your? What was your? I don't even remember. You, you, we forgot. Yeah. But it was a Zoom call. Yeah. What was it, bro? Over Zoom because Coach Bennett is the type mm-hmm. of guy that if you're around him, not mm-hmm. only do you hear his genuine nature, you can yeah. feel his genuine nature. Yeah. And you had to try to trust that over a over computer, a screen. computer screen that somebody is gonna have your best interest, that somebody is gonna you know help you you know get to where you want to go, and ultimately help you achieve your dreams. Putting a lot of putting a lot of stuff in somebody's hands that you ain't never met face to face. You ain't never shake their hand. You know, it's tough. It was hard, but I felt more comfortable with him than anybody else. Did he make the promise to you? The reason why I'm going to say the promise because yeah. he promised me one thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ain't, you guys may not know this, but I got a promise um, when I came to Virginia and that's why I ended up committing. And I wonder if you got the same promise. Uh-huh. He promised me that I was going to have to work for everything that I got. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad he didn't tell me, I, you know, you're going to start, you're going to, no, you're going you're gonna to work for everything. That's how it's been for me. Since whole my whole life, I'm gonna work for it. If I wanted to go hang out, I'm gonna do my homework. If I want to go, you know, you gotta do your chores, work. You gotta do something. Right. <laughs> it ain't gonna be. And that was a lot different of a sales pitch for yeah. me. How about for you? Like dealing with other coaches telling you, like, mm-hmm. yo, you just shot mm-hmm. fifty plus from three. We need a shooter. Mm-hmm. We guarantee you, we gonna get you these shots, these looks, these minutes. And here you have a guy that's saying, mm-hmm. you know. You're gonna believe in unity, yeah. passion, thankfulness, servanthood, mm. right? What mm. am I missing? Togetherness? No, not togetherness. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Yeah. I, unity, passion, <laughs> servanthood, humility. Yeah. I think I hit all of them. Yeah. Right. Talk about those pillars. Talk about his sales pitch to get yeah. you to say, you know what? This is where I ultimately want to be. It was. It was different than every other school. Just. Doing some background research, my mom, I mean, my aunt, she has a lot of people she talks to, and she kind of did her own little research on who Coach Bennett was, and um, she got a lot of great reviews from it, and dang near my whole entire family was on that Zoom call, and we all got off the Zoom call thinking, like, that's where we got to go. That's where we go. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we like everything, you know, it sounds... <laughs> It might be too hard to pass up. I mean, honestly, Um, and we didn't have that, you know, reaction from any other Zoom call as like a, as a unit. So you get to campus, you know, two years removed from a national championship Mm -hmm. at the time, right? Correct. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. And you see, Coach Ben has put out Malcolm Brogdon, Mm -hmm. Joe Harris, Anthony Gill, Mike Toby. Mm -hmm. Kill Mitchell, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, a guy that you're very familiar with, mm-hmm. no pun, right? Mm-hmm. Pros, myself. Yeah. When you get there, was there some sort of expectation that you kind of put yourself in the position to say, you know what, like, I got to go perform, I got to yeah. go produce? Yeah, I hold myself to a high standard I judge myself more than anybody else will ever judge me just because I know what I can do and I know what I'm capable of and I'm not performing like that it, you know I be, I'm be i hard on myself sometimes and my mom actually has to you know tell me like yo like you gotta chill out um, but um, don't forget excuse me <laughs> the Ralph Sampson's the Sean Singletary's the Jeff the Jeff Lamps the list goes on Right. Yeah. So, I wanted to be. I want. I still want to be in that group of people that you know he's helped put out. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately I'm going to get to there. So, just 
try not to put too much pressure on myself. Sometimes it's actually for the better for me. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and be a kid and play basketball, have mm-hmm. fun. It's a kid's game, like you always say. Mm-hmm. So just go out there and have fun. So you get to Virginia. You realize this is where you want to be. Coach mm-hmm. Bennett's done his job <clears throat> selling you. You get on campus. You start putting in the work. Mm-hmm. What type of season did you think you were going to have? I know because usually yeah. preseason you kind of can feel yeah. – all right, I'm feeling good. I don't know if I'm ready. How, how are you feeling going into the season? I didn't know because first getting there, because I didn't didn't work out that summer, um, leading into me getting there. Um, so I I didn't know, and then I kind of started off slow. When we get to preseason, then something clicks. I'm shooting the, out the ball, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm I'm hooping. And then I carry that. All throughout, and then we get to the first game. First game, I go like two for eleven. I was like, "What the?" <laughs> first game of first ga- junior, mm-hmm. the regular season, the regular season, mm-hmm. two for eleven. Mm-hmm. Like I played good in the scrimmages, I played solid in the scrimmages, and against we had a couple played solid in those. And then first game, terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of apologizing to my teammates. Like, yeah, I'm my bad, and then we lose. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, my bad. Like, I get a lot of texts from guys at night. Like you good, bro? Next game, score. I want to say twenty-one, hit four, five threes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how the season went for me, up and down. I went through a long stretch of where I, I think like four games where I didn't make a three. That 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 was tough. Mm. But you know, the old me. I did was, you did you pay attention to what the Twitter no, I people do, were saying? I don't or the on, Instagram people were saying. I, I don't get on Twitter. I'm off Twitter during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, during the year, I'm off Twitter. I delete it. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> it was a part of the season where I was like, like I said, I always thought yeah. everything you were going to put up yeah. was going in. But then there was a part of the season where I was like, really? Yeah. No, like, I was looking at myself the same way, looking at me like, yo, what are you what are you doing out there, bro? Like, how you go from one game and have a 17, next game you got six? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, So you were very honest with yourself. I'm, I'm very honest with myself. Very aware. I, I will let everybody know that I'm playing terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just being... You, it's it's hard for me to lie to myself because mm-hmm. I know the expectation I have for myself and it's a lot higher than, you know, sometimes than what people expect of me. So I knew that... After the season ended, I had a good, you know, last couple games in the NIT, but I knew, like, that confidence that I had then in those last two games, I had five threes in both of those games, that uh, just keep that same confidence going through the offseason. You were challenged during that game. You guys were out in uh, North Texas? North Texas, yeah. So you you guys didn't want to play in that. No, no, listen. (laughs) Let's – Mom, come on. I went to the NIT my freshman year, right? I think Coach Bennett even said, like, do you guys want to play in this? Yeah. Right? Did he ask you guys the same yeah. thing? Like, do you guys want to do this or not? Cause we- it wasn't like that. It was it was in a way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So he basically asked us, do you guys want to do this or not? We yeah. were like, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, how dare you? Right? How dare you? How how, how can you? What about humility? He, t- he tell you the story about his, his NIT. Talk how they was it. all sitting around the phone. Talk about it. Yeah, so we had our little thing and. A little meeting and some guys. I was on the fence. I I didn't. I was with whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I put it up to the seniors. But you know, some people. You know, it's they gonna be that. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of people that don't mm-hmm. want to play. And then it's like, what you playing for? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gonna be your guys who didn't play all year. That's like, if if I can play, then great. If yeah. I don't play, then no, I don't want to play. Yeah, but you know, you are gonna have people that don't want to play. I'm still my dog So like mm-hmm. I was on the field I was like We can leave it up To the seniors A lot of people A couple of us Leave it up to the seniors There was some yeses Some no's But ultimately We we knew he was going to play He wouldn't let that We knew he was going to play We knew he was going to play But you know He told a story About you know How you know How grateful his team was When he was at He's at Wisconsin Green Bay Yeah yeah How grateful they were You know to play And they were You know waiting Around the phone to get that call, so mm. it's postseason play. So once we all sat down, we had a, like little players meeting. Once we all sat down, I was like, "Yo, we playing? Like, so if we gonna play, we are not gonna BS and waste our time. We are gonna try to win." And 
you know, we have our first NIT game. I didn't, I didn't do much. It was hard to get up. Yeah, for I was going to get to that. You yeah. had to get challenged yeah. from the guy himself, the guy that I almost got into it mm-hmm. with. In Notre Dame, I'll never forget. Yeah. We'll both never forget that moment because it was a moment where our relationship was tested at the yeah. the highest. Coach yeah. Williford, yeah. he challenged you. Mm-hmm. What was he? What did he say? What was that moment like? First half of the North Texas game, I played like absolute boo boo, terrible. I remember, terrible, <laughs> horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about, it. we laugh at it now, like yeah, with sure. my teammates, like mm-hmm. how bad I was playing. They was like, yeah, you was really tweaking. Mm-hmm. You was really tweaking out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go into halftime. I sit down. I'm in my head. And Jay Willie just comes in. He's like, hey, man, I don't know if anybody's going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you, like, yo, we need you. Like, right, we need you. I don't know if anybody else is going to tell you, but we really need you. Like, And then Coach Bennett chimed in, like, yeah, you're a lot better player than you're showing right now. And, you know, Coach Bennett don't, you don't really cuss like that, but mm-hmm. he cut deep mm-hmm. with his words. You know, he cuts deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And most importantly, you needed that. Yeah, I needed that. I needed that. And I got benched. Mm-hmm. I didn't start the second half. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I came back in that game, I sat. Actually, I sat down. I was pissed. And I was like, man, when I'm gonna go out here. I'm about to hoop. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I scored. I want to say fourteen straight. Mm-hmm. I was about to say fourteen. <laughs> fourteen <yeah>. straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> second half in overtime, scored fourteen straight, and then you know hit an, ended up with seventeen all in the second half in overtime. So. This is why I knew God placed you yeah. in Miami at this time because the same thing happened to me. My coming out party for Coach Bennett to finally trust me was an opportunity where it was like, you know what? Let's see what we got going in the next year. Yeah. And I think I had like 21 against Iowa. They had yeah. this kid named Devin Marble mm-hmm. who was a baller. You my remember mom, Devin Marble? My mom, went to, my mom knows his dad. Okay, so he because he played because he played. He, my mom went to Iowa too. Okay, yeah, she was real good friends with him and B.J. Armstrong. Okay, yeah, so. well, rest his soul. Yeah, my, sure. He was cold, big yeah. point guard. I'm guarding him, mm-hmm. and then I'm scoring on the other end. But it's like, yo, what's the NIT? Nobody mm-hmm. really Nobody's cared. I remember Joe yeah. Harris was on our team. He was just like, man, like what? Yeah. I remember Malcolm. But for me, that was the biggest thing mm-hmm. that could happen to me going into my junior season, mm-hmm. going into your senior season. Going into your senior campaign with all of this adversity that you've hit from injuries mm-hmm. to not playing well to underperforming um, to transferring, who does who who is Armand ready? Who is the Armand that the world is needs to be on alert for? Who is the who is who? Because I seen yeah. it, I seen the work that you put in. What are you ready to show, bro? And I want you to be very honest and transparent. What what are you, are you biting at the chops, or are you just like, oh, would it be here? No, I can't wait. It's it's gonna. I'm trying to keep that same mindset and same confidence that I've had those last two games of, the, of that year where I hit five threes in, in two games. Both games I hit five threes. Um, but it was more than that. I was more aggressive. I didn't care. It's not, not saying it in a bad way, but I didn't care if I missed a shot. I'm shooting the next one. Um, I want to be that person who, you know, scored 14 straight, like, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not easy. Score fourteen of you know your team's points in a row. That's mm-hmm. not. That's not easy. I want to be that person. I want to be that person who's not afraid to you know even when he's missing. Even you know I want to be the person I was you know at IU when I'm hitting game winners and I went one for nine, one for nine in that game and then you're trusted to shoot the last shot of the game. Like mm-hmm. I want to be that person. And you're doing the steps to take to get there. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, um, before we wrap up, it's been an unbelievable pleasure to host you from the level of respect that you have for mm-hmm. everything around you, the people around you, how much you say thank you, <laughs> um, you know, how much you respect in my space, yeah. um, to the work that you put in. Um, there was never one time where you complained. Mm-hmm. You, kept up, you kept up with me the entire <laughs> time. There's a part of me that's always felt like um, you are a professional. You mm-hmm. handle yourself like a professional. And going into next year, myself, I'm very excited to see your growth. I'm very excited to see you take this next step. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the best year Mm -hmm. and the best season of your career because hearing your story, learning your story, 
um, you're deserving and you'll put yourself in the best position not only to achieve those things but to also handle in the right way and um, knowing coach Bennett knowing that program that's who we stand for that's who we want that's Mm -hmm. who we recruit Um, guys who are bigger than themselves or 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 they allow their team to be bigger than themselves Mm -hmm. and that's what you want Mm -hmm. I mean I can see it from how you you live your daily life now we spend some time together and um, you're very selfless. Um, you don't think about, you know, they, we had to put you in a position to say, you know what, we wanted to get you on the yeah. podcast. We haven't got to get, get you on the podcast. So we had to coach you up a little yeah. bit to tell you, like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from who you are from day one to who you are now, I'm so so appreciative of it. I'm so appreciative of your mom for raising a respectful That's young right. man. Um, and I'm really excited for you going forward, man. And yeah. I think the biggest thing that you should um, – you know, take with you from this experience down here um, is, you know, patience. Yeah. It's going to come if you continue to put the work in and you put the work in your routine, what you do on a daily basis and the standard that you hold yourself to every day before practice, after practice, mm-hmm. taking care of your body, because everything that's happened so far, it all happened for a reason. It's mm-hmm. an unbelievable opportunity for you now to step into and emerge into a role that I can't even speak on because yeah. I didn't make it to my senior year. Yeah. But it's such a cool thing to be the senior, mm-hmm. to be the guy that these young guys are incoming freshmen, Leon, the Isaacs, yeah. um, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Like, it's so important that these guys have great leadership examples. I had Jontel Evans, Bub. I had yeah. Bub and, um, you know, Akil Mitchell, yeah. um, Thomas Rogers. I had some great veterans that allowed me uh, to look at what they did, how they did it, and mimic it and, and, and put me in position to have an effortless, seamless transition into college and I think you're the perfect person um, along with Reese along with Kie along with Jaden you guys are the perfect core to put yourselves in a position to continue to build on this legacy and this legacy is not going to stop and glad you're a part of it and uh, thank you for taking the time no great grateful to be you know here you know thank you again I probably said thank you a million times this year but I I really mean it Um, but I appreciate you you know having me out here being able to you know see what it's like from a professional perspective see how do you carry yourself how you interact with others things like that it's, it's been great to witness and i'm thankful thankful for it really thankful oh, i appreciate it and there you have it another episode locker room access until next time